0: Journey into space. The BBC presents Jet Morgan in The World in Peril. and his crew were bound for Earth in freighter number one, one of the ships which accompanied them on their journey to Mars. But the Martian invasion fleet, also on its way to Earth, overtook the freighter and a party of conditioned types attempted to board it. But as Doc had disconnected the outer door circuits, they were unable to get into the ship and had no choice but to return to the asteroid from which they'd come. Then it was noticed that the gravitational pull of the huge asteroid was slowly attracting the freighter towards its surface. And shortly afterwards, a strange voice was heard on the freighter's radio receiver. That can only be another of those electronic brains. Well, of course it is. What else would it be? You think so? Aye, aye. I thought you'd given up talking altogether. What did that remark mean exactly, Mr. Evans? That is not the voice of an electronic brain. Hey, hey, listen. Do you hear anything? Anybody? If it's not an electronic brain, what is it? You'd better lie down, Jet. We must be very close to the surface by now. Answer me, Mr. Evans. What is it? That noise. Are you deaf? Doesn't anyone hear a noise? Yes, I can hear it, Lemmy. As plainly as I hear you. And it's getting louder. I'll swear it. Evans, answer my question. If you have any questions to ask, ask me. What was that, Lemmy? I didn't say anything, Jack. Yes, you did. I distinctly heard you. But I didn't. Of course, of course, you, course you didn't. It was me you heard. Oh, Mother, what's happening? Jack, get down. We're really on the deck. Lemmy, what are you playing at? Oh, I must be sick very sick. I must be going off me rocker. Not so sick as you might be if you don't listen to me. What on earth is going on? Look out, we're about to hit the deck. Jack, get, get down for Pete's sake. Yes, look out. Oh, steady, me Well, at least she's still standing upright. No, she's not. We're toppling. We're going to fall over. Oh, no. Get over to that wall. Have Every time. Not if we're going to argue about it. She'll go down in slow motion. Where quickly we can use our beds as shock absorbers. Now, come on. Come on. on. Now, relax. Relax and we'll be okay. Ah. Everybody all right? Yes, Jed, I think so. Oh, me too. If this had happened down on Earth, we'd have all been killed for certain. It was quite a hefty bump all the same. One eye shook the living daylights out of me. How about you, Mr. Evans? I'm all right. Then get up on your feet. All of you. Let me see if the radio's been damaged. All right, but how can I work with a cabin or skew it? What was a wall is now the ceiling, and what was the ceiling and floor are now walls. You can still reach the radio, can't you? Y- yes, mate. Then get on with it. Yes, mate. Now, the rest of you come over here. And that includes you, Mr. Evans. Well? Well, nothing. Things are far from well. You think I didn't realize that? While well, we were still traveling out in space. At least we had a vague hope. But now, with the ship a wreck on the surface of the asteroid, what hope is there? All the Martians have to do now is come out and get us. They can't get in here unless we allow them to. And this asteroid is heading for Earth, isn't it? At least we're heading home. What kind of home will it be if the invasion succeeds? Well, it hasn't yet. And it'll be some weeks before they're close enough to Earth to attempt it. We're safe for the present. You don't think they'll let us stay here, do you? How would they get us out? They'll find a way. Well, I don't intend to worry about that until they do. Meanwhile, there are a few things I'd like to know, which you can tell me. Me? What things? This asteroid we're on. Well... It's the biggest one we've seen. It must be a very special one. It is. It's the flagship, as you might say, of the whole fleet. The nerve center? Possibly. Then whoever gave you your orders when you were in command of 734 might well be aboard it. Almost certainly. Martians? How should I know? I've never been inside a Martian ship of that size, and I've never seen a Martian, or knowingly spoken to one. No one has that I'm aware of. That voice we heard talking just before we touched down. It sounded like control down on Earth. I know, but it couldn't have been. It was far too strong. Yeah, it had a most peculiar quality about it. What's your opinion, Mr. Evans? What is your opinion? I have no opinion. Look, what do you hope to gain by playing dumb? I'm in trouble enough letting you escape from 734. You want me to jeopardize my position even further? You're still scared of what the Martians might do to you if they recapture you. They're bound to recapture us. How can we escape? Oh, stop thinking of your own skin and answer my questions. What if I refuse? Then you'll be put outside, where they can pick you up at their leisure. All right. I'll answer your questions if I can. Uh, That's more like it. Now, could that have been the voice of a Martian talking to us? No more than that electronic brain you wrecked was a Martian. That brain received messages from outside, which you said came from the Martians. It translated them into speech. That was the way you received your orders. Yes. But you never at any time had any direct contact with a Martian. No. Why not? It is said that Martians cannot speak. Not in the way we understand. That's why the electronic brains were designed. They are the only medium by which contact with Earthmen, conditioned or otherwise, can be made. But that doesn't explain why that voice sounded like that to the operator down on Earth. No. Or the voice of Lemmy. And it was definitely the voice of Lemmy coming out of our receiver. Now, uh, how can you account for that? I can't account for it. I wish I could. There's something very strange going on. Look, Jet, could they be trying to scare us? Scare us into submission? Maybe. There's no accounting for what the Martians will do. Hold it, Jet. Lemmy's coming over. All right, Miss Revens. That'll do for now. I'll talk to you again later. I think we've had it, Jet. How do you mean? Well, the receiver's all right, but the transmitter's definitely on the blink. It doesn't work? It works, but only on low output. No signal from us would ever reach Earth now. Can you put it right? Well, I can't tell. I'd have to have the lot to pieces. It'd take hours to find the fault and maybe days to correct it. Have you tried calling Earth? No. Then how do you know our signals won't reach them? Well, it's a foregone conclusion. Well, it's tried. Can't do any harm. But what's the point? I told you, didn't I? The transmitter's definitely up the spell. Let's make one call at least to make sure. All right, if you say so. But you're only wasting your time. And mine... Freighter number one, calling up. Are you receiving me? Repeat, are you receiving me? Over. Well, does that satisfy you? We'll give them time to answer. Well, if you say so. But if you asked me... Hello, freighter number one. Eh? Hey? Receiving you loud and clear. Oh, no. It's me own voice again. What is going on? Hello, freighter number one. Repeat, receiving you loud and clear. Oh, it must be a nightmare. I'll wake up in a minute. This is no nightmare, Lemmy. I thought you liked the sound of your own voice. Not when I haven't got control of it, I don't. It's enough to scare the life out of me. That's enough to let scare the life out of anybody. Yeah. Eh? What do you mean by that, Mitch? Only confirming what you said. Mitch is right. You admitted it yourself. Somebody's having us on. It's a trick. That can't be a real voice. It's it, it's a new form of psychological warfare. A method of sending us all cracked Not at all, Lemmy. If I'm to talk to you, I must use a voice of some kind. Well, why use mine? How about this, then? Eh? He's changed it. It sounds exactly like Doc now, but I haven't said a word. You don't have to. What do you prefer, Mitch's voice? Or Frank's? Or even our mutual friend, Mr. Evans? Yeah, I didn't like the way he said that. I mean, they said... uh, No, he said... Oh, now he's getting me all confused. Haven't you got a voice of your own, chum? You shouldn't have to go using everyone else's. Yes, I have got a voice of my own. Then why don't you use it? It wouldn't help the situation if I did. Oh, now he's talking like Jet. Listen to me, whoever you are. I'm listening. This constant change of voice may be great fun for you, but it's nothing but confusion to us. I'm sorry. I'll stick to just one voice in future. Thank you. Does it have to be one of our voices? I'm afraid it does. Oh. Now you listen to me. Well? I admire your courage, your tenacity. We don't want compliments, thank you. Then what do you want? That should be obvious. But are you likely to help us achieve it? No, I don't think so. And there's nothing more to say, is there? Do you want to stay out there on the surface, all the way to Earth? What else can we do? You could leave that ship and come in here. Oh, no. At least you'd be comfortable... Live in a room that is the right way up and have a bed to sleep in. You can't get round us with in offers of comforts. You shut up and speak when you're spoken to. Yeah, here, yeah, there's no need to be rude, is there? You were rude to me, weren't you? That's what you call getting your own back, Lemmy. Keep quiet, Lemmy. Don't interrupt any more. Shall I proceed, Captain Morgan? Yes. In this voice? Well, yes, unless Doc has any objection. No, I haven't. None at all. Go right ahead. Thank you. As I was saying, I can offer you comfortable quarters for the rest of the journey. With what object? With no object, other than to make your journey more comfortable. You must be very cramped in there. We are. But if you prefer to stay, then you may do so. Not long ago, you were ordering us to leave here. Why the sudden change in approach? Most people aboard this ship have to be ordered to do everything. Condition types, you mean? Exactly. It was more a matter of habit than impoliteness. Besides, I didn't think you'd want to stay in there for choice. Well, we do. We prefer it to anything you have to offer anyway. Why? Do you think I will eat you? We don't think you can possibly have any reason for wanting to help us. We're opposed to you and your plan to invade the Earth. If we could possibly prevent it, we would. And you can tell the Martians that from us. It is known already. Our only regret is that you are against us instead of with us. That we will never be. Is yours the spirit that prevails down on Earth? On the whole, yes. You should know that. Why should I? You can't be a conditioned type. No, I'm not. Then you must know. Have you no memory at all of your fellow creatures? Or have you been up here so long you've forgotten? Nobody has been up here as long as I have. Don't you know anything of Earth at all? I know a good deal. I know of its green hills, its forests, its seas, its temperate climates. The Earth is a beautiful planet, in the flower of its youth. Not like Mars, old, worn out and dying, covered in deserts, deficient in water and oxygen, cold by day, frozen by night, hardly able to support life of any kind any longer. I have been looking forward to this trip for years and years. You make Earth sound like a regular paradise, Jump. It is, and will remain so if the people who inhabit it know how to take care of it. You think they don't? They don't act as though they do. Their planet will die soon enough without their hasty attempt. A millennium ago, it was the same on Mars. Too late, the Martians. By the time they did, a fruitful world was rapidly turning into a desert. Animal life all but disappeared. The intelligent, thinking beings took to living underground. The rest perished. The deterioration continues with frightening rapidity. Soon Mars will support no kind of life whatsoever. The time has come to get out, to find a new abode. The Earth. It is the only place. And you'd help the Martians to take it, to betray your own kind. Who do you think I am, Captain Morgan? Well, that's obvious, isn't it? You're the commander of this asteroid, and of the smaller ones that accompany this one. I am more than that. I am the commander of the whole fleet. What? Well, how long have you been working for the Martians? All my life. Three hundred years. Lord Rip Van Winkle. Three hundred years? Martians live a long time, by Earth's standards. What was that? You mean, you're one of the Martians yourself? No. I am the Marshal. You mean the chief, the head one, whatever you like to call it? No, I am the Marshal. There is only one, and I am he. The only one there is left. Only one left, he said. Just him. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Just one? I can't believe it. It doesn't make sense. Hello, answer me. I must say, he sounds a very singular character altogether. Hello, why don't you answer? He'll answer when he's good and ready. Now what do you know about this? Did you know there was only one Martian? No, I didn't. I'm just as surprised as you. Yeah, but how could there be only one? Think of the organization down there on Mars. All those people have been picked up from Earth. The factories, the spheres, the whole Martian fleet. Could just one man organize and control all that? Maybe a man can't, but a Martian obviously can. Yeah, but Paddy said there were dozens of Martians. He thought there was one on that asteroid we escaped from. Well, all it turned out to be was an electronic brain. But where can just one Martian come from? He must have had a mother and a father. Well, maybe the whole system from top to bottom is a series of electronic brains. Maybe there are no Martians of any kind. You mean the whole planet is run by robots? Why not? Then who made the robots? That is the question. I'm sorry, but I believe everything that voice told us. So do I, Jet. Why? I don't know. I just had a strange feeling that I could trust him to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. You were swayed by the fact that he was using Doc's voice. You unconsciously applied all you knew of Doc to him. I don't think so, Mitch. Well, if you say so, but we're all entitled to our own opinion. If you're so ready to believe all he tells you, Jet, why did you refuse to leave this ship and go into that asteroid? He said we'd be comfortable and come to no harm. sure that is the case. But the moment we leave this ship, all hope of our recontacting Earth will be gone. But you still think we will contact them, then? The radio's working, isn't it? Yes, it's working, but it's signalled to never reach Earth. Not from this distance. From what distance, then? Well, at the rate we're travelling, not for three months at least. Exactly. I want us all to be here in three months. We must contact Earth sometime. Convince them that they must take action on our message sometime. And the best of luck. If that Martian lets us stay here long enough to re-establish contact with Earth, I'll be very surprised. At the moment, it doesn't sound like we're even going to make contact with him. That's That's where you're wrong, wrong, mate. Hey? Oh, he's here. He's back. I never never went went away. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, Yes, Captain Morgan, Morgan. I can. can. And you have to use my voice to tell him. Sorry, Sorry, I forgot. I I promised to stick to this one, didn't I? Thanks very much. A pleasure. Now, Now, Captain, Captain, you were calling me, I believe. Yes, I was. Well, 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 Well? I didn't really have anything to say, but... The news that you were the only Martian in existence came as rather a shock. I just wanted to confirm that we had heard you correctly. You did. Well, if you don't mind us asking, what happened to all the others? There have been no others for a long time. But this plan to invade the Earth, did you instigate that? Oh, no. That has been in existence for nearly 500 Earth years. There were many Martians then. Well, what happened to them? When a planet dies, every living thing connected with it dies also. No amount of science, of planning, of burrowing underground, of creating artificial living conditions can stave off ultimate extinction. And is that what happened to your... your race? We did our best to prevent it. We lived underground for centuries, but that didn't solve our problem. The few of us that were left soon realized that our only hope lay in moving flock, stock, and barrel to a new planet. So we did. Where to? The Earth, where we could breathe. Smell the fresh green grass and the forest. Feast our eyes on the oceans of precious water. You mean you've invaded the Earth once already? Yes. Well, why aren't you there now? We made the mistake of landing on Earth peaceably. You see, until that time, we had surveyed the planet only from a distance. We had no idea of the nature of the people who lived there. We tried to be friendly, but they hunted us down and killed us. It seems hardly possible that so much hate and cruelty could exist in such tiny people. Tiny? Then what are you, then? By your standards, a race of giants. Oh, blimey. It's just as well there is only one of them, then, isn't it? We left the Earth and more than half our number five and returned to our native planet. But the Earth has not forgotten us. Even though this happened a long time ago, ever since then, giants have been synonymous with people. And the stories of how we were slain have been handed down from generation to generation. You mean, you're the origin of all those legends and fairy stories that feature giants? Of course. Why else would they assume that giants lived in the sky? That is certainly where we came from. But you didn't come down no beanstalk, Jack. I oh, wager. And now you're attempting an invasion for the second time. Yes, but this time we made sure we would not be opposed. During our first visit to Earth, it had been our intention to teach its inhabitants to take care of their planet, teach them not to destroy it, as we had virtually destroyed ours. But they would not listen. Our visits to Earth were now only two deserted places from where we picked up Earth. It wasn't long before the human population on Mars greatly outnumbered the Martian Once conditioned, they worked for us, built our ships, grew our food, but still our kind rapidly diminished. So we left Mars altogether and took to living inside the asteroids between here and Jupiter, but with no better result. It began to look as though our plan would fail. We needed desperately to get to Earth, but until we could be sure that its inhabitants would not oppose us, we had to bide our time. You had to wait until you had the whole world in a condition state, eh? Exactly. But we had no way of hypnotizing the millions of people on Earth. Ah, until television became common the world over. Precisely. And now, at last, it has. But almost too late. I am the only Martian left. And yet, you'll carry the plan through. Of course. It is not just for myself that I do this. It is to save the world, too. So long as I have control of its people, I can save it. Twenty more years and it could have been done smoothly and effortlessly with nobody on Earth being aware of it. Then who put the spanner in the works? You. Me? What did I do? You and your captain and the rest of your crew. Your successful voyage to Mars. What you say... Let the cat out of the bag? That's it. So, the invasion date has been advanced. We're on our way. Under my directions, Earthmen will not make the mistakes my grandfathers made. They will not bring their planet to an untimely end. It's their planet? Why shouldn't they if they want to? That is all I have to say for the present. Well, that isn't all I have to say. You've done all the talking up to now. Hey, listen. Somebody's singing. Yeah, the rebel song. Where's it coming from? Hello. Hello, are you still there? It's coming out the radio. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, Captain, we can hear you. What on earth is that? that, That's the voice of Harding. One of our old freighter crew of the first Mars Space Fleet. I thought he was dead. No, Lemmy, he was taken prisoner along with Frank. Then where is he now? We're coming, Captain. Open the door and let us in. He must be outside. Frank? Sir? The televiewer, is it still working? I don't know, I haven't tried it since we landed. Well, try it now. Right. Well, she's working all right. Give her time to warm up and... Oh, here comes the picture now. Yes, and there they are. A whole army of condition types marching towards the ship. Well, which one is Harding, if he's there? can we tell? In those suits, they all look identical. What are they coming over here for, anyway? What's the idea? Goodness knows, Mitch. But we're not letting them in. That's certain. (laughs) they're outside now must be a couple of hundred of them at least leave your radio on and we can hear you can you hear me yes what do you want put on your suits and come on out we don't wish to come out thank you why not can't be very comfortable in there with your ship lying on its side it's far from comfortable but we prefer to stay we're just being stubborn come on out we are not coming out then i'm afraid we have no choice but to come in there what did i tell you i knew they'd prize us out of here sooner or later you don't think getting in here is that easy do you those outer doors are pretty thick. It'll take a month to cut through them. Not with Martian equipment, it won't. They'll be through those doors in virtually no time at all. Is that the truth? An hour or so from now, we'll tell you whether I'm telling the truth or not. Blimey, they've started. They're working on the main door. If you'll take my advice, Captain Morgan, you'll order your crew to put their spacesuits on. When they start cutting through the inner door, every scrap of air in this place will disappear and leave the cabin a vacuum. They have two doors to cut through before that happens. Now, out of my way. I want to get to the radio. Hello? Hello. Hello there, Captain. Have you decided to come out? I didn't want to talk to you, Harding. I'm the only one you can talk to at the moment. What kind of man are you, anyway? What have I done? Just thrown in your lot with the Martians, that's all. I well, don't see any wrong in that. Nothing but good can come from this invasion, anyway. You think so? Of oh, it's just what the world needs. One authoritative government, which is not just the future of one country at heart, but the whole world. And you think we can't achieve that without the Martians taking over? Earth men have been threatening to do it for years, but they've never managed it yet. They're too darn selfish to concern with their own personal or national desires to make the necessary sacrifices that world government entails. They need somebody from outside to organize it for them. Show them how it can be done. The Earth's entitled to a choice in the matter. It's a matter of opinion. We have the right to remain here if we wish. About as much right as you have to claim Mars as a colony for Earth. We're coming in, Captain Morgan. None of you will come to any harm, but be sure to have your suits on by the time we reach the inner cabin door. It'll be roughly in two hours. What are you scared of? What harm can we do by remaining here anyway? We just want to be sure you don't re-establish contact with control, that's all. I'll see you later. Well, gentlemen, it seems ours is a fairly hopeless case. When Harding does get in here, I'll do him, that dirty traitor. Oh, you can't lay too much blame on him, Lemmy. It might have happened to you if you'd been taken prisoner and conditioned as he was. He didn't sound conditioned to me. You think they will cut their way into here, Jim? I don't see how we can stop them. Then is there any point in letting them bore holes in the ship? Well, it gives us a little time. Well, for what? to transmit our final message to Earth. What's the point? They'll never hear us. We'll set the recorder going. Let it keep repeating our last message over and over again. They might hear it and take the necessary action. Uh, Attend to that, will you, Lemmy? Yes, Jack. The rest of you put on your suits. We'll evacuate the ship just as soon as Harding and his men get inside. Right. Jet. Yes, Frank? They're through the main door now. They're, they've got a great gaping hole in it. It took them just 45 minutes. Mind yourself, Mitch. Let me get the screen. Sure. There, sir. See? Oh, I hardly miss it, could I? Yeah. A couple of them have already entered the airlock carrying those little gun-like tools with them. Are they what they used to cut their way through the door? Yeah. Hello, gentlemen. Fasten your helmets and test your radios. Here they go. Haven't wasted any time, have they? Helmet fastened. testing. Okay, Doc. That's Roger's testing. Okay, Frank. Mitch calling. Helmet Right. Can you hear me? Yes. Lemmy? How's that, mate? Fine. Hello, Captain Morgan. Harding calling. Well, we're coming through the inner door now. You'd better put your suits on. We have them on, thank you. Oh, well, uh, why not open the door? It'll save us a lot of trouble. If you must come in, you come in your own way. if you say so, you can expect us in about 30 minutes. Why not let him in? Why I'll undergo all that bother? I want that tape to go on transmitting as long as possible. Very well. But I don't think it'll do the slightest bit of good. Here they come. Hello there, gentlemen. Nice to see you all looking well. Hello, Harding. I never expected to see you again, least of all in these circumstances. Oh, I'm sorry it has to be this way. I always had a great admiration for you, Captain. Thank you. You're a good crewman yourself. Well, let's not waste any time. Where are we going? Into the asteroid, Alice you. I'll be leaving the rest of the men here for a while to rip out the gear from the ship. What for? What use can it be to you? Nothing should ever be wasted, Captain, and that applies not only to equipment, but to natural resources, too. That'll be one of the first things people down on Earth will learn when we take over. Now, if you'll step this way, we'll get outside. You've got enough men here, are they, haven't you? Enough to rip out a dozen ships. The more men allotted to a task, the quicker it's done. All right, boys, get in there, rip out the gear, and have it transferred to main stores, Then return to your individual quarters. And if you and your men will follow me, Captain, we'll get below the asteroid surface. Uh, One moment, Harding. Well, Doc. That song. Well, the men are singing it. You can hear it over your suit's radio. But that's the rebel song. The last time we heard it, it was sung by men who were intending to revolt. Oh, don't you believe it? Every man in the fleet knows that song. He sings it because he's pleased to be going back to Earth. Who told you it was a rebel song? Paddy Flint, but I don't suppose you ever heard of him. Oh, most certainly have. He gave me part of my training. He even taught me that song. He had some weird notion that he had written it, but he'd been on Mars a long time. Nearly a hundred years, we reckon. That'd account for it. Old age doesn't show physically on long-conditioned personnel, but it shows itself in other ways. Poor old Paddy. He just couldn't get anything right, could he? Exactly where are we heading? I told you, into the asteroid. Will we meet the Marchant? That depends on what he feels about it. He seldom shows himself. But he has been known to? Oh, yes, there are one or two who have seen him. But what does he look like? I don't know. I've never seen him. He told us he was an ogre. Not an ogre, Lemmy, a giant. Well, that's the same thing, isn't it? Here we are. Now, hold on a moment while I open the airlock. Here, yeah, I don't think I want to see him. Well, in you go, all of you. As soon as she's filled up, it's quite safe to take off your helmets if you wish. Well, these are your quarters, gentlemen. I hope you find them to your liking. This place for us? Yes. Blimey. Posh, isn't it? Quite more comfortable than oak old freighter, I must say. Where do we sleep? Uh, this is just your common room. The bedrooms are behind the doors leading off here. The controls on the wall manipulate the entertainment circuits. Well, what are they? Oh, they're clearly labeled radio, film, or in a few weeks when we get closer to earth, you can receive the television programs radioed from stations in every principal city down there. Oh, You mean the television stations down on Earth are still operating? Of course. Do you think we'd be going to all this trouble if they weren't? That was episode 19 of Journey into Space. Taking part in this recording were Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, Alfie Bass as Lemmy, Guy kingsley Pointer as Doc, and Don Sharp as Mitch. Other parts were played by David Jacobs and Alan Tilkham. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton.